everybody, this is the Wild Ass Podcast, and I am your host, Wild Ass Craig. This is episode 38, and in this episode is my guest returning from episode 3, Chris Hopper. You may remember some of the stories from that show, the long-distance rides, the Hoka Hay stories, and how he also has his own rally each fall out of his home dealership, Republic Harley-Davidson. In the first episode, Hop and I talked about this 100-day ride he did as a fundraiser for the Mile Monsters. In the recent months, there's been a self-written book about that ride, Thunder Across America, 100,000 Miles in 100 Days. Here, with more of his story, is Chris Hopper. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Can you believe that was 35 episodes ago? Come a long way. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. Can you believe it's been almost, I think, two years? Yeah, it doesn't seem like that long. Time flies, I guess. It really does. And I was looking through, as I was preparing for this podcast, I was looking through the notes from the last one. I had a full page of notes before I even welcomed you on the show last time. Nice. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, I guess the show's just become more of a wing it kind of a thing. So I, I know you're okay with that. So it works out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the way, that's always the way to do it. Yeah. Who needs to be prepared? That's right. In the last couple of years, I've gotten to know you quite a bit more, and I've gotten to know your wife since then. It's been a great couple of years for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Been a good time. Been a good ride. And I know that you're not much of a look at me guy. Look what I've done. So I really want to thank you for coming back on the show, first of all. But second, before we get to talking about the book, I just wanted to just do a quick recap of the last couple of years. That good? Sure. When we were on, I was trying to look at, you know, I didn't look at the date, but it would have been end of January, early February when you were on in 22. So starting what I remember from that time would be like the Hoka Hay would be the first thing that you did. Did you do anything right. before that that you remember? Or is that kind of it? Man, I'm sure there was some rides, but nothing, nothing major that I can uh, recall off the top of my head right now. Okay. So the Hoka Hay was it. That was the first thing or first big thing, like you're saying. That was, uh, it really wasn't, really wasn't that big. <laughs> no, we should tell that story. <laughs> yeah, that was a, what, like a three-hour Hoka Hay? <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I think at one point Twister and I were talking about we should have like a big table where you, myself, Riot, Ken, Twister, some other people sitting around this table just sharing. And actually, I talked about doing this on a podcast where we share our stories of the states, right? So, you know, we'd start in South Dakota. That'd be a pretty quick conversation because it was short. Then we'd move to North Dakota, just kind of follow the states all the way around. And we figured it wouldn't take long. And then we'd have to kick you and Ken off the show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'd have to get up and leave right then. (laughs) For the folks that don't know the story, you got a speeding ticket in uh, North Dakota, which eliminates you from the ride, right? Correct. Yeah, Yeah, you could still finish it, but you won't be considered a finisher no matter what. So, I mean, I just, you know, I'm pretty competitive. So even if I would have kept going, I would have still rode it hard, you know, and still tried to tried to be one of the top guys and just put myself in that danger and the expense and, and just everything to just not even be considered a finisher. Just kind of just didn't make sense at the time. Right. And I think what you had said is you went back home and got a bunch of work done. Yeah, yeah. I still had a bunch of work issues going on during the time. So I kind of took it as a sign that I really didn't need to be there. So I needed to be back home. So it just kind of, everything was just telling me, just stop, just go home. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Well, I have to say that being my first time ever riding in it, it amazed me when I pulled into the finish line. Cause of course we hear this as we're going through the ride that you were there. Yeah. I thought that was, Oh really yeah. Yeah. Cool. De- de- definitely. Definitely like going back and, and seeing everyone and watching everyone come in. So that's, that's part of it, you know, and, and it Need means a, a lot. roll in and finish. Yeah, absolutely. But it means a lot to the finishers that people like yourself came back just to hang out and be there when we ride in. That was very cool. So thank you. I really oh, yeah, appreciated yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I'll definitely be there anytime I can. Good deal. Hops Rally. I think that would be the next thing I would know of since, you know, mm-hmm. after that. And that was in 22. So what year, like how long have you been doing Hops Rally? Uh, this one was the fifth one, I believe, this year. Okay, so that would have been the fourth uh, yeah. in 22. Do you have anything you remember, like specific standout moments from that? Um, and not not specifically. That was the year of the Great Flag. So everybody really enjoyed those giant flags that year. So probably got to bring that back again at some point. <laughs> I've heard stories. Yeah. Four by six flag or something, which is extremely annoying when you're trying to do a rally. So, So explain the flag. What are these flags for? What do you have to do with them? It's just something that you have to have in every picture, you know, just to do- document your stops, basically a scavenger hunt. So obviously you got to have something to show that you were there during the rally and not just using a picture that you happen to be there, you know, sometime before. So you just got a rally flag that you just got that day. So no way you can fake that. So yeah, you just got to take a picture at every, uh, at every bonus location with that flag in the picture. That makes perfect sense. I didn't know what that, I mean, I guess I always saw the flags. It didn't dawn on me until you were just saying that because you couldn't have gotten that early. Yeah. When they're huge, I can see that being a little bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. When you're on the clock and most of the flags are like little 10 by 12 flags or something like that, very easy to just stick on a hanger, coat hanger and hang up or something or get a quick picture. But that big flag, I think, slowed people down quite a bit. So kind of threw off their timing on some stuff and made them have to cut out some bonuses and change your route up a little bit. So, which was kind of the idea. That's funny. So those are end of the year, November time, right? So that kind of rolls you into 2023, which is Mm -hmm. this year. And of course, the first thing I know about from 2023 was the Monster 100. You had a couple days in there. I think you had one pretty early. And then, of course, yours was the final day, day 100, where we all got to ride with you in Sturgis or in the Black Hills. Right. Yeah, I don't remember what my first day was. I want to say like day five or seven or... I don't even remember what it was, but then, yeah, and then the, then the final day, good time. For the people new to the show, the Monster 100 was a ride, well, it was a ride based off of your 100,000 miles in 100 days. So originally there was going to be 100 people doing 1,000 miles a day for 100 consecutive days, and you were the final day for everybody. I don't even know if it was everybody to ride with in the beginning or kind of what it was, but the 100 days belonged to you, so... I know that it was wanted that you were the final rider. So, yeah, and it was still meant, you know, everyone to kind of ride together and have kind of a big ride and come in as a big group. Yeah, and I, I don't remember at what point that came in. And then they're added to the second riders because the thing filled up really fast. But when it got to this last day, you didn't just go out on a highway and bomb. You had to leave in late afternoon, if I'm not mistaken. So, share the story of that ride that you did, where you went, what kind of roads you were on, what kind of conditions what you saw yeah yeah no we we were all hanging out um uh what i guess mandy and them's place uh had dinner and all that and then what i had to take off at i don't know like nine or ten at night or something so left there and then yeah just typical ride you know i didn't want to just zoom up a highway 
500 miles and back. So I just did a, just a normal ride that I normally would have done. So wind up going on Chief Joseph Highway and Beartooth, which, you know, all through the middle of the night. For the people that have ridden those, it's a whole different whole different ball game in the middle of the night. You don't get the nice views because you're looking for eyeballs. Right. You know, you're, you're bound to come around one of them switchbacks and find a, a giant cow standing in the middle of the road. So you got a different perspective of things. You're looking for different stuff because, you know, you're not going to see the great views, you know, off the cliff or anything like that. You're just looking looking for critters and animals. I would bet nobody seeks to ride those roads in the dark. It's definitely not for everybody. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a different feeling, that's for sure. Yeah. No matter how many times you ride it, you go do that ride at night. It's a whole different feeling. Have you ridden that a bunch of times? Have you ridden those roads? I've ridden them a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, two or three times each. But uh, yeah, like I said, just night is just a whole different thing, whole different vibe. I would think even if you know the road after dark, you have no idea where you are. Exactly. Yeah. You, it's not like there's uh, street lights up and down those roads. You know, it's dark and there's just nothing to see really. That's crazy. Yeah. But so it's fun. It's an experience. It was cool. And then you, you made it back. You had time to spare. We were all at the hotel waiting for you in Rapid yeah. City. How cool was that to lead that group of riders out of that hotel and down the freeway? Uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it was really cool to look back and see, uh, you know, a big line of bikes behind you and you know kind of worried about everyone keeping up and staying together but it actually worked out perfect in the route you know wasn't anything special just kind of down the road and looped around and came back but it just worked out to where you know there wasn't big separation wasn't a bunch of cars cutting in and out so it actually worked out cool very nice one of the coolest parts of the ride was there like 60 some bikes 60 64 motorcycles or something like that if i remember correctly yeah something like that is i bet that day there were 60, 65, 70 witnesses that for probably the only time got to see a police officer pass Chris Hopper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. We were laughing when that one went by us all. <laughs> it was like, oh, that's not normal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, funny. A little frustrating. Yeah. So we did that, rolled into Black Hills Harley Davidson, and then we had the big party. Yeah. That was, that was cool. After that, it wasn't long after that either. You guys had Gavin's Texas tour. Correct. Yep. Another good time. So share that with everybody. I don't think anybody can fathom how big of a project that had to be. Yeah, it was uh, from when we initially started, it was 34 dealers in Houston, in, uh, Texas. He wanted to hit all of them and we had it mapped out and just logistically to get back. Uh, we basically had a week to do it. So to get back in time that we knew there was going to be two dealers that we would hit in the middle of the night. So we'd just be able to get a picture, wouldn't be able to go in. So, you know, two out of 34 wasn't, wasn't bad. So we were okay with that and everything else worked out perfect. Well, as we got almost halfway through uh, at one of the dealers, we just happened to see a whole list of dealers on, on a wall of other dealerships that they own and they weren't on our list. So we come to realize real quick that there were six dealers that we uh, didn't know about that we had left off. So uh, we had to add in six more. So luckily it wasn't really that far out of the way didn't change things up too drastically uh it was kind of on the way that we were heading so we had to add in six and i think we had to hit add one or two more that we had to hit at nighttime that weren't open but pretty much stayed on track for the most part even adding those six in so uh still worked out worked out really nice so 40 dealers it was like 3800 miles in seven days in seven days that's that's impressive for a normal guy riding a motorcycle 
So yeah. now explain the situation. Yeah, yeah. To have Gavin on the back, you know, the whole time he was he was a trooper. You know, I, I'd taken him on a couple of rides before, you know, uh, three four hundred miles, and he was fine. But to do it uh, that many days in a row uh, was just just amazing. He he was a trooper. Never never wanted to quit. Uh, you know, we were kind of all expecting some major meltdown, uh, at some point or whatever. And just, nah, just, he was, he was good to go. He was, he was amazing. So, and I think, uh, I don't remember what it was. I want to say it was like almost 700 miles was our longest day. You know, we were hoping to hit a thousand one day cause he wanted to do that, but it, it just didn't work out. There was just no way we could make that work. So, uh, most of the days four or 500 miles, which is amazing for a seven, eight year old kid to be on the back of a motorcycle that long not have a major meltdown. The other reason he'd have a major meltdown is because the heat. What was the average yeah. temperature? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it was over a hundred pretty much every day. It was it was hot. But we were you know, we were making sure to, to stop when we needed to, take a break, cool off, go in and cool off, go hit the the beer coolers. He 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 got a kick out of that. He liked those just going in there and hanging out for a few minutes to drop your body temperature and cool off a little bit. But yeah, it it, it was good. I mean it, it was hot. It's hot for everybody, but yeah, just to, to see him take it like that was just, just amazing. It was very cool. After that, explain your involvement in the Valkyrie Rally. First, I mean, what was the Valkyrie Rally? Why did it happen? This was the first year, but what was your involvement with that? It was, it was my idea. Uh, it was something I was going to put together. Just being around the, the rally world and long distance riding or whatever, there's just not that many females that are in them. Some of the big rallies, I mean, there'll be, you know, one or two females max in them. But I know there's a lot of female riders out there. They have that, what is it, the lace gracing gears and that other one, I forget what it's called, uh, ladies in leather, whatever it are. You know, it's big groups and there's just tons of those ladies that go to these things. I'm like, I know these. there's a lot of females out there that are great riders and, and do a lot of riding, you know, just didn't know why they weren't doing these rallies, so. I just kind of thought, you know what, I'm just going to put on a female only rally just to see if, you know, see if that, that gets a little bit more involvement and see, you know, thinking maybe it's just a little bit of, you know, they might be a little intimidated with some of the guys that are at these rallies and just the, the setups on their bike that they have just for whatever reason, they just might feel intimidated. So I just, you know, let me just throw this out there and see if a all female rally will work. And I was just going to do a real quick one that year just to kind of test the waters, just going to have it start and end anywhere just to kind of gauge the interest. I wasn't going to put a lot of work into it the first year. One, just because it didn't have time. And then just kind of coming up with a theme to scout bonus locations kind of all over. That would, you know, everyone would have some of the same things close to them. And I reached out to uh, Paul Tong, who's the rally master of the Heart of Texas rally and LDX, two of the biggest rallies around. And he's a top-notch, probably the best rally master out there. And I asked him, you know, what? hey, what do you think about this? You know, would you mind helping me with it? Because I've never done one where you start and end anywhere. He loved the idea, but he, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I just, I, I don't think we'd be able to do it this year. Probably have to put it off till next year. So I was kind of bummed about that, but I'm like, okay, you know, I knew it was kind of cutting it close, but whatever. And then he had mentioned, we probably need to get a female rally master. Obviously make more sense. So brought in uh, Nancy Oz. And yeah, she kind of felt the same way I did as far as, no, let's just do it now. Jumped on it and got it put together. So we had it and it was just a, an amazing turnout. And I, I truly think that's going to be the biggest rally around. I fully expect probably 60 to 70 riders next year. Easy. It sounds like all of the ladies that went had a great time, loved the experience. 
And that's exactly what you need to make that thing grow. Cause now they'll tell everybody. And then if they have that same experience, you're probably onto something that's just going to continue to double for, for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think they had a great time and they've, they've all got a, a nice bond together, especially these first year riders that they're called the rune holders. They all got a little, little rune from Nancy that she put together. So they, they'll, they'll always have that bond that no one else will have. But yeah, I think that it's going to grow tremendously and it's just, it's a, it's a very cool experience. I'm, I'm, I had a feeling it would it would be this great, but uh, it definitely exceeded my expectations on it. Was it supposed to be for just beginners, or was it was that not one of the criteria? No, it's, it, it was for anyone. I mean, obviously geared more towards beginners to get more females involved in rallying. But yeah, it, it was actually thankful to have some of the experienced rally riders there to kind of help help the females and help them along and training teaching giving some tips or, or whatever but yeah just basically for for anyone we just want to try to get more females involved in the rally world and just show them hey look you know you could be competitive you can do this don't don't be intimidated so you feel a little more safer here that's fine then once you figure out that yes you know what you're doing you know how to do it then then jump into the the bigger rallies that are out there and that was kind of the goal and i, and I think it's working i mean i think uh, in a few years we'll see some of these riders who valkyrie was their first rally we'll see them in the IBR, which uh, when that happens, that's just going to be amazing. Yeah, that'll be cool. Congratulations on that one. I hope that one continues to just get huge. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Me too. Now, Hops Rally. Mm -hmm. Explain that one again. You just got done with that one, so it's fresh in your head. Mm -hmm. Tell us, it's touted as a good rally for beginners. What makes it different than everything else? That's strictly what it's for as far as you know, the bonus locations, I don't really have a lot of time restrictions. They're, they're not hard. Some of these bigger rallies, it, it's a little bit more complicated because you've got time restrictions on them, meaning some of the bonuses are daylight only or only between the hours of eight and five or whatever. So you, you really got to put a little bit more thought into planning your route or whatever. And then, you know, some of the, the, the picture taking, for example, some of the big rallies, if it says, you know, your bike has to be in the picture. If you you know, you take your picture and you cut off the front wheel or whatever. They don't count it. You know, it doesn't count. Your your whole bike has to be in there. Picture has to be perfect. Like in this rally, the you know had water towers. That's one of them. There are a few pictures sent in where the the tops of the water towers were cut off. Those wouldn't count in some of these big rallies. So, uh, oh. you know, I, I I don't do that. If it's something like that, I'm I'm going to give it to them. It has to be just a blatant mess up to not get the point counted. And then I tell them right then. So as soon as they submit the picture. If something's wrong, I email them, hey, you forgot your flag in the picture. Hey, this one's supposed to have your bike in it and you didn't have it. So then at least they have the opportunity to go back and fix it if they want to. Whereas in the big rallies, you don't know anything until the very end. So I just want to more just, you know, it is just for beginners. Kind of that same thing along the lines of the Valkyrie that just, hey, you know, everyone kind of sees these rallies and and knows about them, but not real sure if they want to do it. So mine's super, super uh, inexpensive, just an easy way to come in, learn, have some fun, uh, talk to some of the pros. A lot of the, a lot of the pro rally riders ride it just for, just for the heck of it, for something to do, uh, practice. Uh, it's kind of the last, it's the last rally of the year, really, uh, at least that I'm aware of. Um, so yeah, just a way to kind of come in and learn, learn the rally game and you can move on up to the, to the bigger ones. That's awesome. So you, you get the pictures immediately. So like if I'm out and I take a picture and my picture has to have the bike, the flag, the water tower, I submit it from the site. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, yeah. So the way I do it, because I'm I'm very low tech. Like if you ride some of the the bigger rallies, like Paul Tong's, like the Heart of Texas or uh, LDX or whatever. He's he's got like a fancy app that you use to submit your pictures or whatever. Mine's just email. So you just email them in right then, and I'm scoring right there. Um, you know, so, so sometimes if you send it in right there, sometimes I'll reply back immediately. Hey, you messed this up. You can just retake it right there. But sometimes if I'm, you know, behind or if I go grab something to eat or go to the bathroom or whatever, you could be a few miles down the road or you don't check your email before you realize that you messed something up. So then it's 20 miles down the road. Do I want to turn around and go fix it or just chalk it up to a loss and keep going. So what a great way to get people in where you don't, they don't get to the end and just get pummeled with all the little details that could have been addressed. So kudos. That's, yeah. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. Me not knowing yeah, but anything. It, 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 yeah, it, it works out good, though. I mean, a lot of the first-time riders in my rally have already signed up for Heart of Texas, and each year that happens. So it's doing its job, you know, every year. Because these things are really tough to put together. They take a lot of time and effort. So I guess if it gets to the point to where nobody new is coming or signing up for the other rallies, it might have ran its course. But each year got got new riders signing up for mine, and then a lot of those new riders sign up, keep going on to the bigger rallies. So still doing working as it's intended you know or as i kind of wanted it to so i just keep plugging away and keep doing them good deal we're talking to the king of miles it is well at the time that this thing airs we're going to be right around december 11 how many miles when we record this we're not quite december yet that's coming up in the next couple of days how many miles are you at for 2023 i have no idea not very many it's been a been a rough year <laughs> i hear that as not very many compared to your normal year. True, true. I mean, I don't know. It, it might be 40, 50. I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, it may not even be quite that much, but so, somewhere around there. But yeah, it's, I think the previous four or five years, I've been over 80. So yeah, it's, it's off quite a bit. Well, that's okay. That's still more than uh, 95% of the other riders out there, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It's all in perspective, I guess. Absolutely. So the reason... I wanted to have you on the podcast again. I always said I didn't want to have repeat guests because I want to have people talking about different things all the time. But there's a specific reason I wanted you on here. I think I have. I should get paid extra for that. I'll double it. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If I haven't already, I want to publicly congratulate you on your book. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you. And that's the reason I wanted to have you on here was to talk about your book. Yeah. The book is titled Thunder Across America. 100,000 miles in 100 days. What prompted you to sit down and write this out? I don't, you know, it's kind of one of those things that as soon as you finish it or whatever, everybody says, oh, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. And immediately afterwards, I'm like, man, I have no idea. First thing about writing a book or anything like that. So it just wasn't even a thought. I just, nothing I was going to even entertain. And then kind of time went on. I was like, you know what? Let me just reach out to some of the, the ghost riders or something and see and i mean those people were just extremely expensive you know i guess if you're writing some you know if you're some well-known author or whatever or got some big topic or something it, it might make sense but for this it just it just didn't make sense at all and then i started thinking i mean to use a ghost rider basically all i'm doing is telling them the story and they're going to write it so they probably can't have the same emotion or what if you will to to portray it you know as i want because they don't really even understand writing or what it's about or involved so like why don't i just do it i'll just sit down and type out the story and see what happens and then i'm like okay i can't really do it as just a a timeline as a day-by-day thing day one i did this day two i did this well you got to kind of 
put it in some kind of story form and throw in some other stuff. And like, you know, maybe I'll just throw in kind of some tips and tricks that I do while I'm riding and things that work for me and try to break it up a little bit. And that's kind of, kind of went from there and just started banging away and somehow got it done. Well, when I read the book, this is not written by an amateur. What I mean by that is you did a fantastic job of putting this thing to paper. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. I remember. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it it took a while. I mean, in reality, total total time to do it really wasn't that much. But it's I don't know. You kind of see on TV like when there's some kind of show or movie or whatever about a writer. You see him just sitting there in front of their computer typewriter and can't. It's blank. They're just staring at it. Can't figure out anything to write or whatever. And it's actually true. There were days where I would just. I just didn't do it consistently. I mean, it was a matter of months to where I would go weeks at a time and just not even touch it. Just, you know, I just didn't, didn't feel like it. I just didn't even want to, want to mess with it. And there are times I'd sit down, pull it up and just bang out a bunch of pages all at one time. Things were just coming to me and it made sense. But then some days like, you know what? I, I got time. Let me just sit down and write out a little bit. I'll sit down and like, I just, I can't really think of anything. It just doesn't, not, not coming to me. I can't make anything make sense. So I just kind of just had to blow it off and just whatever it, you know, whenever I got the feeling, get back to it. Kind of weird. Yeah, that makes sense. I remember you had said, I'm going to send you something in the mail and I don't want you to tell anybody about it. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I didn't think any, didn't think any of it. Opened it up. You know, I opened up the package and it was in my hand and I'm like, holy shit. And uh, I was sitting, I know exactly where I was in the house and Renee goes, what? And I'm like, check this out. He wrote a book. And Again, I didn't know this was coming. She was just starting to make supper at the time, so I headed off into the living room, opened it up, and read the dedication. Yeah. I don't know how you could say that even better. Like, it was perfect. I don't know if you had that written for you or if you sat down and wrote it, but it was great. I got up off the couch, walked back into the kitchen, and we have, like, this little island thing. So she's making supper, and I'm like, I'm just going to read it to you. And I started reading it out loud. I didn't even turn to the next page yet. Yeah. It was that good. And it hooked me right away. Any chance you're going to put this into an audio book? Uh, I mean, I, I kicked around the idea and I, I looked at having some people do it or whatever. And they just, nah, probably not. Is it expensive? Nobody wants to hear me. No, nobody. Yeah. Yeah. To have someone else do it, it, it is. And, and nobody wants to hear me narrate it. So, I, you know, it's probably not going to happen. I always wonder when people read their own book. If you just want to start ad-libbing as you get right. through it, you know, cause you'll remember more and then just yeah. go off on a tangent. Yeah. Oh yeah. There, I mean, there, there's, as soon as I hit publish, there was probably three or four things that I remembered. You know what? I forgot all about to add this. I didn't get this in there. I mean, it was just, it's crazy. I can only imagine. Anyway. Yeah. I started the dedication and I started, I just, like I said, went back to the kitchen, started reading it out loud. I think I made it through was the about you part. I made it quite a ways through before supper was done. And then uh, I'm like, all right, I'm reading this by myself. You can read it on your own <laughs> after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're in there, man. First, uh, first sentence. It's, it's crazy. I, and I, of course I wasn't even that far yet. And you had texted me that. So of course I flipped ahead yeah. and went, Oh my God, I'm in there a couple times. So thank you. Yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. not worthy of that, but thank you. Yeah, no, no, definitely a big part of it for sure. One of the coolest things about this book, as I read through it, and I don't know if you've heard this from other people, and I haven't figured out, you know how perfection is the biggest delay of progress, right? 
I haven't right. written my Amazon review because I can't figure out how to get it right. So as I say this, maybe it'll come out and then I can just go copy what I said. But your ability to paint a picture is fantastic. Thank Anybody, you. you don't even have to be a motorcyclist to enjoy this book. If you travel in a car or a bus or anything traveling on earth, not necessarily an airplane, I uh-huh. think I think you can relate to just about every story that's in here. Cool. That's kind of, kind of what I was shooting for, so. Yeah, and I think you nailed it. The scorekeeping was hilarious. Yeah. I found myself sitting on the couch laughing out loud, literally laughing. And yeah. Renee would be like, what are you laughing at? And I just hold up the book. And you brought me through all of the emotions in the book. Absolutely loved it. And I recommend it to everybody. I don't know cool. if you've yeah, heard yeah, that. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's kind of what I was kind of what I was going for, or at least hoping for. But yeah. It definitely turned out a lot better than, than what I was thinking. Just like most things. Yeah, I guess. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even I mean, notice I, grammatical I, I, errors, and I'm the biggest. I know for sure there's. I know for sure there's one. Somebody reached out to me. I don't remember seeing it. <laughs> and I'm usually yeah. pretty good at finding them. Yeah, it's right at the very beginning. Well, if I did, I didn't remember it. So yeah, it, it was kind of a hard one to miss. Just read, reading, you, it, it's easy to miss, which is why I guess so many people missed it. But it, <laughs> it, it's there. Somebody pointed it out to me, and I'm like, yep. Well, like I said, I I didn't have anything professional done to it, so I'm surprised there's, there's just that one. Talk about the proofreading. Tell us who did that. I'm I'm fairly decent at that. So, you know, I, I was hoping there wouldn't be too many issues, but I did reach out to someone, kind of a proofreader. Uh, and work to deal with them and have him just kind of re- read it over and kind of give you some suggestions on maybe like the sentence structure or kind of the grammar as far as the, Hey, it sounds a little bit better like this. And, and, and they did. And I kept some of the changes, but a lot of them, they wanted to make it too, too professional. I'm like, no, this is, I want people to read it and say, Oh yeah, I know he wrote that. Whereas some of this stuff that they would, they wanted to change. I like it would sound good from a professional writer, but that's not me. And I, I don't want it to sound that way. I want people to know that, oh, yeah, that, that's how he talks. That's how he tells a story or whatever. So that's kind of what I was trying to portray it. So even some of the things I knew that, hey, I know this sentence isn't exactly perfect or right grammatically, but it's how I would say it if we were talking normally or whatever. So that's kind of what I, you know, I wanted to keep a little bit of that in there. I Maybe was, that's I was, why it's so I was relatable. more concerned about the, yeah, I was more concerned about, hey, just the spelling. And some of the stuff, just double check that and make sure I didn't miss any of that. So, uh, and there was one, the one spelling error that I missed. And then my mom is a, just an avid, avid reader, very well versed in all that stuff. So she read it real quick and a couple little corrections or whatever. So between myself, the proofreader and her, I think we got most of them fixed, except obviously, you know, one. And there may be another one in there that no one said anything about, but that one spelling error is just, you know, all that I'm aware of. But, yeah, just just a quick little deal. I mean, like I said, I wasn't gonna, didn't want to make it a big production, or uh, I don't know what the word is to to try to make it just absolutely perfect. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, done is better than perfect. So I figured there might be some some errors or something in there, but I just I just wanted to get it out, get the story out, see what happens. Yeah, that's I was and I was more thinking of your mom because I remember you telling me that you had your mom help you just read it, basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she read the book and like, I, I, I sent it to her by email. I'm like, Hey, just read this real quick or whatever. She called me like an hour later. Okay. Change this, this, and this, and this, and this. And like, she knocked it out like less than an hour. She's just a amazingly fast reader and good reader. And 
Yeah. So. I think that was one of my favorite things was how you got your mom involved to help you, uh, help you have it turn out well. Yeah. One of the things I don't want to do is go through the details of the book because I think everybody needs to buy it. You know that. Uh-huh. Should we tell them about our little bet? We had a bet that when this book came out, of course, I read it. I don't know if, I don't think it was released yet. And I made you the bet, right? That you'd right. sell X number of copies by a certain date. And I think the date was only a couple of weeks. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like November 15th or something. <laughs> and it came out right around the first. And yeah. uh, I'm proud to say I now have a framed dollar bill and a sales report in my office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But my next goal for this book, it's funny how I have goals for your book, is to double the original bet. Yeah. And I'm hoping that this podcast will cause that to happen. Yeah, I hope so. That'd be cool. Yeah. And one of the new questions on my podcast is what book or books have you given most as a gift? We are going to be coming out with this on December 11th. This podcast will be aired. I -hmm. would think there's plenty of time for Amazon to get these delivered to whoever you want to buy them for, even if it's for yourself. Talk about the price. 1307 and then 713 for the Kindle, which is two of the boys' favorite numbers. So Gavin's favorite number is 13, and Turbo's favorite number is 7. So I figured it'd be cool. And those were the two boys that, the only two boys that I actually interacted with on the actual ride. So I thought it'd be cool just to continue that into the price and have the price, you know, uh, be be their favorite numbers. So I figured $70.13 was a little on the high side, so we went with 1307. (laughs) $13.07, you'll get this book. So the dedication, like I said, was spot on perfect. The very last, well, the second and third to very last line of the book wraps it up perfectly. Cover to cover, you did a fantastic job. I'm so excited to have a copy. And I think you know now that this is one of only two books that I will not borrow out. And I have a bookshelf of books that people come and check out. I bought a copy for people to borrow, but this one... This one stays with me. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate the support. Absolutely. You know it. And being the book most given as a gift, I may, this may be pushing my number one because I bought a bunch of them to give out for Christmas this year. Cool. Appreciate it. Yeah. That's awesome. All the listeners need to do the same. We'll push you over that next goal. We don't have any dollar bills riding on a bet that we're going to hit this number. I just want to see it for hop and you're not even keeping the money out of this thing, are you? No, no. All of it's going right into the Mile Monsters, which you'll read more about in the book, but you've also heard about it here on the podcast. Correct. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep a couple hundred dollars to pay for the, that I've paid for the proofreader or whatever. But after that, yeah, we'll just give it a d- donate it back. Epic as always. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about stuff, the book? Um, no, I'm just I'm, I'm thankful for everyone who uh, who purchased it and support it and got some great feedback and it's done way better than than what I expected uh, or ever could imagine, especially in this relatively small writing world, which obviously is who it was kind of geared towards and who I expected to to purchase it. So it's done done amazingly well, and I'm I'm just thankful for all the support and definitely helping out the kids and yeah, I just couldn't couldn't be more pleased. Like I said, it's a it's obviously written by you, but if you know people in the van life or people that just travel, drive across the country, there's some ideas in here that everybody is going to want to see. There's something in this book for everybody that travels. 
I guarantee it. Yeah. Everybody just riding around on the motorcycles honking their horn. <laughs> My favorite story you also shared on episode three, and that was where you ran into the guy at the hotel. Yeah. That was so cool. Uh, yeah, it was. That, that, was a, that was a cool time. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't want to say much more about the book because I don't want to ruin it. But I can tell you that Renee, after she read it, she read it after I was done and she would start laughing out loud. And she said the same yeah. thing about how you took her through all the emotions. So she's not a diehard motorcyclist. You know, she rides on the back, but she got it. Like I said, something in it for everybody. Well, go, go leave a review. Hope everyone who buys it leaves a review. You know, if you liked it, leave a good review. If you hated it, just go ahead and leave a good review anyways. But <laughs> Lie and support the cause. Yeah, Craziest right. thing yeah. about the book is seeing the bike gray. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks quite different now. Yep. Well, that's all I had for the podcast. We have the five questions here. You up for that? Sure. Sure, you've been through it before. And uh, you've gotten to hear some of them, so... Always my favorite part of the show, but this is where we get to know a little bit more about how your brain works. So, you ready to go? I guess. I don't know if my brain's going to be working, <laughs> but we'll see. All right. So, question number one. What have you changed your mind about in the last few years, and why? Changed my mind about uh, probably probably working, trying not to work so hard, trying to take more time to just enjoy life. That's awesome. Question number two. What is at the top of your bucket list? Um, I can't really disclose that one yet. Okay. <laughs> got, got it. I've got something at the top, but I can't, I can't get into it. We'll revert back to the last line of the book. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number three, if you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? Uh, I mean, might as well go with do epic shit. <laughs> Perfect. Four, what is your favorite non-motorcycling hobby? Fishing. I would have guessed that. Yeah. Specifically offshore fishing, yeah, but yeah, any kind of fishing will do. Sure. Number five, what is your favorite documentary or movie? Um, hmm. It's hard to pick a favorite, uh, but movies, one that I always like is uh, Miracle. I always thought that was a great movie. I don't know if I've seen it. Maybe I have. You know about the ho about the hockey team, the Olympic hockey team. Oh, maybe I have. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good movie. I could watch that movie a lot. Cool. Well, that wraps up the five questions. Where can we follow you? Facebook or Instagram. Instagram is Hops Adventures, and then obviously just my name on on Facebook. I'm not fancy enough to have that uh, TikTok stuff or whatever it is. <laughs> That stuff confuses me. I'll post links to both of your pages there, your Facebook and your Instagram. So people will be able to just click in the show notes to find them. And your last parting words for the listeners. Again, thanks for all the support from, from the ride to the book to everything. And thanks for following the Mile Monsters and supporting the kids. And yeah, just keep keep on, you know, the, the, these kids are in a, in a fight. So just keep fighting with them. We've got the 13 days of Christmas coming up with that. So you can go to the mall monsters website and see what that is. We've got a lot of extra kids on there to get gifts for. So yeah, just keep on the support. It means the world and we appreciate it. The book folks thunder across America. You can find it on Amazon, $13 and seven cents. It's a very cheap gift. Buy that for everybody. You know, if you have any guest requests, if there's people you'd like me to have on the show, 
hit me up. Let me know. If you like what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. You can follow the adventures on Facebook or Instagram by looking for The Real Wild Ass. Of course, I am Wild Ass Craig. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again in a couple weeks. And of course, thank you again, Hop, for coming on the show. Sounds good. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it.